Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here always, as always, to the left of me in The Pew is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. What's going on, buddy? I'm doing great. Good day. I hear you, man. It's, you know, you look up and a a year's almost gone, right? Here it is, the uh, end of 2018. We're almost on the final day of the year. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about that a little bit, Um, you know, looking over the year, the blessings and the things that went well, the things that didn't. And, you know, this morning in church, one of the part of the readings, the gospel was, you know, the first chapter of John and, you know, the, ver- the, the word, the sentence in there, I guess I should say, where it says the word became flesh really resounded with me. And it, you know, it made me think, you know, has the word become flesh in my life this year? Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that could probably answer no to that. And there's a lot that could answer yes. And as we look forward, you know, into 2019, which will be here in, in a matter of, you know, short matter of time. Um, I know everybody's probably getting their gym membership money ready and all the usual <laughs> New Year's resolutions. Right. Renewing but, the YMCA. Yeah. Right. right. But I just want to, you know, I'm kind of hoping that people will, will bring that into into their resolution uh, package there is is that the Word, you know, will the Word become flesh in my life? Will, will Christ become real in my life? And, you know, as I thought about that, you know, we have this bag of, of sins that we've talked about before that, you know, in our men's group on Wednesday nights, we've we've asked men a lot of times to write down their sins and on a piece of paper put them in the bag so we can pull them out anonymously and and you know and talk about men's sins without them feeling uncomfortable. And you know the one that we pulled it was was prayer life. So someone obviously has been struggling with a prayer life, mm-hmm. and you know that it just it coincided with that reading today to me because the word cannot become flesh in your life if you're struggling in your prayer life. And there's a way, you know, there's there's multiple ways to look at that. And the first thing I would say, and I hope no one takes offense to this, but it's just something we have to address first off with this, is if you're struggling with your prayer life, do you believe that there is a God in the first place? Because if there's not a God, then there's no reason to pray. Like if you're the person that just says, you know, I don't pray because I don't see the need in it. Either God hasn't answered my prayers or I just don't think he cares or, or whatever it may be. Or, or they become their own God in their own lives. Right, So right. they have nothing to, re- to really want to rely on. Right. Yeah. Well, because we've talked about it before. There's a lot of people that, that go to church every Sunday that are do, going, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do as a Catholic. But, you know, have they, is that faith ever become their own? You know, is it still just something I do because I've done it since I was born? Like, this is just what you do. You go to church on Sunday. But have, have you actually built a relationship with Christ as the word become flesh in your life. So if that's not the case, then you could see where there would be no need for prayer, right? To somebody, you know what? I just, I do this, but it's just because I've always done it. And so, you know, that's one thing that is a very hard struggle is if you don't even believe in God in the first place, then of course there's, if there's not something greater than me, then why would I need to pray to something? Right? It's just, I'm just, it's all about me and my world, as you said. And then you have other people that, that love Christ with all their life, that, that they're doing everything they can, but they still struggle in their prayer life. And uh, I know I, I'm no, um, I'm not absent to that, right? I, oh, yeah. There's times in my life where I feel dryness, and and even when 
when I don't feel dry, I just sometimes I fumble through a prayer, like, you know, and have this image of God laughing at me, like, come on, John, we know each other. Just just spit it out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forget all the, the pleasantries and let's just get to talking. But, you know, as I started to look at this, you know, I looked in the catechism and then, you know, because I just wanted to go back to like, what does the Catholic Church say about prayer? And right at the beginning, there was this, this quote that I just fell in love with, with, you know, from St. Teresa of Lisieux. And it says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look turned toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. And when I read that, I went, man, for somebody who struggles with prayer, like that just doesn't get it or it's just uncomfortable or doesn't know where to start, then what a wonderful prayer because you can break that into parts. Sort of like we did on the anger show. We Mm -hmm. found a verse of anger, had four different parts, and we broke that down. So that's kind of what I want to start with today is, uh, is really breaking down that quote and I want to start with the second part first, where it says it is a simple look turned uh, a simple look turned toward heaven. Now, to me, that screams humility, right? If we're gonna if we're gonna have a prayer life, if there's a need for prayer, then we have to humble ourselves and realize that there's something greater. There's a Creator. There's someone that has given us all these blessings. There's a greater power than us. And if that's so, then we have to take ourselves off of our pedestals of pride and come down and kneel and humble before God and be humble. You know. Sure. have humility humble ourselves before god and you know that for a lot of people that can be the first roadblock to prayer life is this i don't i don't feel the need to do that or or i just i don't know how to do it and i'm not going to submit that i need help from anybody else you know i've gotten this far in my life on my own and i don't need anything else so humility is where we've got to start right humility is i think a tough uh, concept for for men really to receive because um our image of what we need to do is I'm going to take care of this. I want to fix it. I want to make sure my family's going to be taken care of. I'm the number one provider. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the point where you feel lacking of any of those concepts, what's going to happen? You know, you're going to be upset with yourself and, yeah. and then you're not going to really be seeking help from your friends. But when you get to the point where you go, I can't do this on my own and you reach out, it's kind of like, uh, it's a wonderful life, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, Jimmy Stewart, right? Yeah. The whole thing where he's doing all this stuff and then all of a sudden this whole community comes together and helps him out but he had to get the humility mm-hmm. that he wasn't in control of the the savings and loans you know anymore yeah. right and and i mean and the thing is that movie has so many different um aspects to it of, of what it is to really love and, and and prayer is a part of that right well i don't know i mean I'm, I, I, I'm guessing that a lot of people that are listening right now can probably hear that noise in the background and we're talking about humility. I guess God's raining humility down on us. It's right, starting to pour here in the church. I mean, I love listening to rain in the church, but uh, just in case you're wondering what that noise is, God decided to bless us with some yeah, rain. Don't go quick. sleep <laughs> with that noise. Right, right yeah. No naps, all right? Yeah. Uh, but, but no, it, as I went further in the catechism, you know, it, it talks directly to humility right after that quote. And, you know, it, it actually says, only when we humbly acknowledge that we do not know how to pray as we ought, are we ready to receive freely the gift of prayer. Prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours and you know it's such a beautiful thing because we we've got to you know with with god he he just wants to spend time with us i think we have this distorted view in our in our mind that we have to show up and we've got a oh lord thou who art thou holiest and mightiest of all thou who have ever come before and we, we give this you know shakespearean open and i just have this vision there god's just like just sit down with me and talk so you know, we, we can't have that encounter if we don't allow ourselves to just to get out of our own way, to get out of our own heads, to leave our egos at the door, 
and just say, here I am, Lord. You know, here I am. Just like we heard so many times, yeah, yeah Samuel, Mary, and, and there's so many people in the Bible that have, have started with that. So, you know, and the next piece has got to be, you know, from the heart, okay? So I think that's that's another thing that people struggle with. Right, well, the thing is, she said, a surge mm-hmm. of the heart. So tell me, like, a surge, like yeah. like electricity, like mm-hmm. something that's has moved you so much that you have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah. a lot of times I think that we, at least I know I'm guilty of this, when I say, okay, I'm going to go pray, and then I hit my knees, and I'm like, Lord, thank you for my kids, thank you for my wife, thank you for my job, thank you for my house, thank you that like nobody I know is sick right now, and blah, blah, blah. And those are great prayers. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think prayer can become just another thing we do if we're not careful, right? It's just... All right, I got three minutes, and I'm going to go boom, 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 right. boom, boom, it's boom. It's like boom. you're roaming. You're you're waiting for a signal to connect because you're just saying stuff that doesn't really have any meaning, you know, to right. your heart. And the search from the heart is like this is I'm I'm totally connected mm-hmm. to to my prayer right now to God right now, and you can people know that people yeah. know the difference when when you're surged and you're connected to God in your prayer and when you're disconnected because you're thinking of something else. Yeah, it's paying attention, right? right? Like, I mean, how many times have you been somewhere in a grocery store and you're trying to go through your list and all of a sudden somebody walks up and you're like, oh, man, like, I love this guy, but, I mean, i got to be somewhere in 30 minutes. i still got to go through the other half of the store. Like, you just, you go, and, and you're talking, but you really have no interest in the conversation. You really just, it's something you're doing to get it over with and to move on to the next thing. And that's how prayer can become in our life. And, you know, Part of that is it, that serves the heart has to be like, Lord, first of all, I'm going to show up, right? That's the first thing to pray. I'm going to show up. I'm going to humble myself. And then I'm going to come to you and I'm going to open my heart. I think a mistake that we make, a very common mistake in prayer, is that we we think that we've got to show up and have this dialogue already already planned out, right? Just like we were talking about a minute ago. But if you're struggling with prayer, you know, one thing I would say, show up and just try not speaking, let God start off the conversation. You know, I mean, if, if you don't, there's so many times in my life that I remember where I sat down and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then I get up and I'm like, all right, amen, thank you. And I have this image that God is probably sitting there in heaven looking at me going, hey, wait a minute. Wait, like, I had something to say too. You know, I wanted to tell you I love you. And you, you didn't give me that opportunity. Like you just came and you just regurgitated all this stuff that you think and feel that you're supposed to say to me. And, and the part of prayer that, I think, you know, one of the next parts of the quotes starts to get into into relationship, you know, and that's what God's seeking with us. Like, there's a difference between going to church, going through the motions, and having a relationship with the Word made flesh, like we were talking about mm-hmm. with Jesus, becoming real in your life. You know, Victor, you and I, a year and a half ago, didn't really know each other. You know, there was an opportunity where we crossed paths, and then, you know, we you started coming to the group. And now we have this wonderful friendship that I wouldn't trade for anything. But that had to start with an encounter, right? And then in that encounter, we had to be open, humble to it. We had to open our hearts to someone else coming into our lives. And then we had to seek to start building the relationship. And that's the same thing that God wants of us. You know, Jesus and God, they know every intricate detail of our heart. They know every hair follicle we have, every, every you know, whatever else in our body that you can think of. They know they put it there. But we don't know the same thing about God when we're not engaging in prayer. You know, we know of him. If you're reading scripture, you've learned about him. But prayer is that opportunity, sort of like when Jesus when, when Jesus is walking off from John the Baptist and, and Andrew and, and uh, the other disciples that are there, the other men that were there at the moment, 
you know, say, John, is that him? And they say, yes. And he says, go after him. So they go and follow Jesus. And the first thing they say is, is Lord, where do you live? Teacher, where do you live? And he turns to them and he says, come and see. That's what prayer is with Jesus. That's giving, when we sit down and we're open in that moment, that is Jesus looking at us and saying, come and see who I am. Come and see who I'm supposed to be in your life. And when we're struggling with prayer, we're cutting ourselves off from that opportunity to grow in holiness, to figure out what God's plan in our life is, and to really just do the thing that God wants us to do, which is to get to know him, to love him the way that he loves us. Sure. With any friendship or relationship, uh, when you develop it, you, you learn about the other person, and the other person learns about you. You learn about the way they talk. You know, it's all the, the little intricacies of the relationship. You know, mm-hmm. the, the things you make fun of each other out of humor, but just, you know, you still love on each other in that process. And the thing with, with Christ is, like, the more you spend time with him in prayer, the more the fine details you get to see about him. Right. You know, when you're reading Scripture going, I did not see that, you know, wow, Jesus has a sense of humor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or when you're in deep prayer and you feel this overwhelming sensation, you know, and, and, and it changes you, your perspective of what Christ is doing in your life. Because there's so many things that you're being blessed that you don't know until you look hindsight, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the small details of God's blessings are in the past. When you realize, how did I get here? And you go back and you take inventory of all these things that, whether you originally thought it was fate, but then you can see that only Christ or only God and only by my faith, my prayer life, did I get to this point. No, you're, you know, that, that's a great point. And, and the thing, you know, the relationship aspect is so important because Christ reveals himself to us all differently, right? I mean, you, he reveals himself to you differently. The vocation that you've been called to is differently is different than, than the next guy. Some of us are called to be deacons. Some of us are called to be priests. Some of us are called to be married. All these different things. But we will never know that call in our lives unless we're experiencing a day-to-day relationship with Jesus. And I think it's important to, to, to say, too, that so many people get caught up in the how to pray. Like, should I say this? Should I say, you know, is there a written-down ritualistic-type prayer that, that I need to use? And I've got to say this every day. Or I've got to be in every prayer off this way. And, and you know, that's that's great, but I want to really put this point out there that every one of us has that different aspect of Christ in our lives. So, therefore, we're going to have a different relationship. For instance, you know, the Lord taught us to pray. That That's one of the best ways to start off a prayer life is the Lord's Prayer, right? The disciples who were with Jesus every day, physically in the presence of Christ, said, how do we pray, Lord? So they struggled, too. They had, a di- they had difficulty with that. Please tell us the correct way to do this. So Jesus says... This is the way you should pray. And you could do a whole show on breaking down the Lord's Prayer and every facet of it and what it means is why it's the perfect prayer. Um, But, you know, if you go past that, let's take John and Peter, for instance. John was the beloved. John was, you know, supposedly the favored disciple of Christ. Uh, They had a different relationship than what Christ and Peter had. So I've got to believe that after Christ had, had, had died and was resurrected, and as they went on into their into their discipleship and on to their their mission, they prayed in different ways, you know. And oftentimes, I think we can get caught up in comparing. This guy prays better than I do, or I don't know how to do it like that. But even the people closest to Jesus, I guarantee you, had their own individual way that they went to the Lord based on that relationship. So that's why it's so critical that we've got to spend the time because the more we talk to them, the easier it's going to get. And 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 we need to realize that in that conversation. It's not one-sided. 
right? That we've got to be open to listening to the promptings of the Spirit, to listening to God. The other day, for instance, I've been struggling with something. I won't get into it, but I really feel like the the normal everyday things I was doing were, wasn't helping me get through that. So I sat down. I go, you know what? It's been a while since I've really just pulled out the Bible and just played Bible roulette and just prayed and said, God, will you just put me on a path? I'm struggling with some things. I don't care which one you address, but you know, could you help me with this? So I sat down. I opened the Bible. It it, it pulled up to Romans uh, when I opened it and. You know, next thing I know, I'm looking at the at the subtitles, you know, of you know the things within the chapter, and I go, "Wow, that sounds kind of like what I'm looking at." So I pray, Lord, you know, why, before I read this, please help me. If this is what you want me to understand today, help me with this. Help me to understand what you're looking, you know, for me to find. And I begin to read. And normally, I don't, you know, they have the little footnotes, and then you look at the bottom, and this came from the Old Testament verse here, and this came from Corinthians or whatever. So I start like going down those rabbit trails. You know, I've never, I never really do that, but I started going down and each one started speaking specifically further and deeper into what I was struggling with. And at the end of it, I went, wow, Lord, like this 20 minutes has been so special. And now where I was struggling to know what to pray for today, you, you, you've used your word to, to, to put a roadmap down for me. So I just want to pray for the blessing of this moment. And I want to pray into these struggles that you would guard me from these temptations and that you would help me realize when they're coming and help strengthen me with that. And, you know, so many times I think that we look at prayer as just this, I'm going to sit down five minutes. That's all you're getting. I got to cover gratitude. I got to cover petitions. I got to cover all these things. But sometimes it's just, God, I need to talk to you just like a friend, like a brother, like a father and allow you to nurse my, my wounds, to nurse my injuries, my scars and allow ourselves just to be open to that. Like we said earlier, humble humble ourselves right and you're kind of going on like a meditative um prayer mm-hmm. that's kind of where you're going where you just you're silent within yourself and you're just waiting for um that that silent um response from god mm-hmm. um whether that's an emotional feeling or whether that's just a affirmation of something you're dealing with or whether that's a, a feeling that comes over like it's okay mm-hmm. you're going through a crisis right now but you're not alone in this process and and you know, you talked about something earlier about the uh, like, kind of like the the dryness in prayer too, because mm-hmm. I think we all struggle through that. We all have that that high euphoric moment in prayer, and we carry it with us, and then something happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, and then we we feel we go through the dry spell, but we're still praying. I mean, even the saints have gone through that. Right. You know, they're they're still dedicated in prayer, but they felt like a distance or something, and that's could be the necessary need for growth in prayer too where you're saying where you can say um maybe say say our father which is good in the beginning but that can only take you so far to when you really need to develop that relationship closer by saying more right right? well that's where and that's where personal prayer you know in in the more relationship-based prayer really helps with some of those other things because you know i found myself often doing rosaries because i was supposed to do a rosary and a lot of times it was at the end of the day or I was cramming it in and I'm a Hail Mary full of grace lords with a Hail Mary full of and like an auctioneer. Right. Yeah, right. So I didn't I wasn't grasping what the beauty of that prayer could do in my life and, and the and the closeness it draws me closer to Christ through Mary, but also the relationship that can grow with Mary. So it took a while of me praying those prayers of to Jesus, just getting to know him more to where he led me in my life. Okay, now I want you to I want you to meet my mom. Right, like I want to lead you closer to my mom. You and I have established this great relationship, but there's so much more to to this faith that I've left you with a relationship with with my mom, with Joseph, with all these other people. 
And when you've built that foundation through humility and, and that relationship with Christ, then he starts leading you into the beauty and the fullness of the Catholic Church. So those rosaries and those chaplets and all these, the litany of humility and all these prayers, he's just, it's almost like he's opening up something new or saying, hey, have you seen this? Like this is another way to worship me and glorify me and it's going to help you in your problems because there's so many prayers that these people, there's been saints and martyrs that have died for and that have given their life to bring you this this great grace and this beauty that that is that we have these this rich and fullness of the Catholic Church, and you know and you spoke of of, of def- desolation a minute ago those dry mm-hmm. times, and that was the last part of her quote was embracing both trial and joy, you know I think that it's it's so easy, a lot of us are drawn to pray when we when we're in trouble right like things happen somebody's sick somebody's dying our kids are are, are messed up with something, you know it's it's we get in trouble and then we go looking for the Lord right a lot of these. You see it in the news, these big, these huge, um, terrible things happen, these shootings, all these things. And the first thing people want to do then is pray. Right. Where, you know, the mindset could be had if we were praying in the first place. Right. Maybe right. some of this stuff would be presented. Yeah, which is yeah. reactionary prayer rather than proactive right. prayer. Right. right. And, and so I think that we've got to be so good at pray at, and, and grow. And I want to pray in times of thanksgiving, of joy, of happiness. But when I'm in these, these positions of darkness and dryness and in the desert you know going to look for the wisdom in the desert as thomas burton would say yeah that you know there you're those are the times when prayer is really going to grow it's easy to pray when things are going well when we're thankful and when we're, we're really trying to 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 just be joyful but when when we're in those dark times there's, there's times when we're alone that's when you're going to grow in your relationship with god it's perseverance just like Job. Job could have given up on Christ, I mean on God, but he didn't. And and he just kept being the man that God created him to be. And he was rewarded in the end of it all. And that's the way that we've got to be in our prayer life. Is when it's hard, that's when you need to do it the most. Not walk away from it, not turn your back on it. But but that's when you become better, more proficient, and you really begin to see the mysteries of Christ unfold when you when you go to him in those dark times. Right. Well, I mean Going back on the on the quote right there, still, you know, I know we're talking about other things, but it's it says um, right here is a cry for recognition, 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 yep. and of love. So, I mean, speak more on that because I think a lot of people may miss that in prayer because, like you said, the disconnect and the reconnect is is knowing that you're loved, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the most profound uh, connection that you need for for prayer is. Like you said, if you know you're loved, mm-hmm. then prayer is a little bit more easy to do. But if you're struggling with something and you don't know why you're praying, there's that disconnect. Right. Because you may not feel like you're worthy of love. Right. So speak more on that because I think a lot of people may be listening about that. Maybe why their struggle is a prayer is they don't feel loved or they had something in their past where they were abandoned or something that just kind of, they didn't want to trust in anybody else other than themselves. Right. Well, I mean, it, that's an important part. You know, that, like I said earlier, that's that's God's opportunity to show you how much he loves you, right? We don't give God that opportunity enough because we don't stop to pray. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. We've got to be able to take those moments to sit down, to show God our love, but then to receive the love. You know, so many of us are good at doing things for others, but when others try to do things for us, we don't receive it well, right? I don't need that. Thank you. I wasn't doing it for any reason. And sometimes we can have that relationship with God where we're like, God, I don't need it. And that's completely opposite of what he wants to give. We have to be open to receiving that love. I mean, even Jesus, look at it. Jesus was the son of God. He was God. And how many times in the Bible did we see where he went off to pray? Jesus went off to pray for to refresh himself, to renew himself, to feel God's love, to receive God's love, and then also to praise him. 
you know, all, so many different parts of the Gospels talk about he just, he left and went off by himself. And so I think that's important to your point, what we need to do too. And there's, you know, just to kind of, I know we're getting here towards the end of the show, you know, so I want to recap a little bit. You know, we need to first, the first thing with prayer is realize there is a God and to humble yourself before him. And then we need to show up, right? I mean, that's the first part. You got to show up. You got to make that time every day to pray, either in the beginning of the day, end of the day, but at some point. Then we need to not focus so much on how do I pray, but just allowing God to speak to us, opening our hearts up and allowing him to teach us how to pray, to show us how to pray. And then, you know, people struggle with concentrating on prayer. You know, you focus and you, it's, 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 you know, hard. I do it too, but you just find something. I put a crucifix in front of me a lot of times just to focus on, to keep my mind in the right place. And then, you know, we get caught up in the type of prayer. You know, don't get caught up in that. Do what feels natural to you. Let God speak to your heart. Let him, let him tell you what, in the ways that he wants to be glorified in that moment. And let him show you the ways that he wants to love you. And then be consistent, right? Don't just, that didn't work. It, that felt awkward and I'm done. You got to keep showing up because Christ is never going to abandon you. God's never going to abandon you. So don't give up on him. You know, find that place in your house or in your at your office or, you know, in your car, wherever it is that you feel comfortable and, and, and make that your base of operations, right? At least when I get in here, it becomes a natural inclination and I need to have that moment with God. You know, so often we think that it's got to be in, in church or somewhere else, but, you know, it doesn't matter if you're sitting at a red light, just, just build that place in your heart and in your mind palace where it triggers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it triggers that that emotion uh to, to pray that need to pray and and then just let it flow and however it happens god's going to take care of you he's going to he's going to reward your willingness to want to grow in relationship with him so the biggest part of it is just showing up showing up and be blessed that's right yeah, that's right. right well and i want to say something here at the end too there's another quote here i'm a huge jp2 fan i think you know that we talk about it a lot but you know to close the show out here at the end he has a quote that says, Christ remains primary in your life only when he enjoys the first place in your mind and heart. Thus, you must continuously unite yourself to him in prayer. Without prayer, there can be no joy, no hope, no peace, for prayer is what keeps us in touch with Christ. And I just, That's I mean, right. it sums it all up right there. You want to stay in touch with Christ, give him the time every day in your life. That's right. And you know, it's only fitting that here at the end, you know, normally we make up our own prayers, but I think today we ought to close with the one that God, that Jesus gave him himself. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.